morning. Thank God it's Friday. That's who we need to thank because he allowed us to make it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. For most of us, we're off on the weekends. I am super blessed because I've been off since about the second week in June, off for the summer. So I have been blessed to be able to sleep late. I've been blessed to be able to get a few things get a few things accomplished that were just things that I wanted to try little different hobbies that I wanted to do so I thank God for those small things <clears throat> that someone else may say that's nothing but they meant a lot to me and the fact that God allowed me to be able to experience these small moments I appreciate God for that because what we're interested in God's interested in it now, that's what I'm saying, but his word says that what concerns us concerns him. So I wouldn't call these things a concern, but they were, I'll say they were some desires of my heart. And so God allowed me to experience those things and I am blessed and I'm humbled for the small things. But this morning, I want to say to you, read your word. Know your word for yourself. Yes, it's good to have a pastor that preaches from the word, not mixed in with, with his belief and teaching you his belief. Or if you're under a lady pastor teaching you her belief, you have to know the word for yourself. If I tell you the dog is black and has on blue shoes, well, you want to know if that's true for yourself. So you go to the source and you say, hmm, the dog is black and he is wearing blue shoes. Oh, okay. I can, I can accept that. But just don't take what someone tells you and you just believe it because it's a pastor or a deacon. You have to read the word for yourself because that's what God wants. So we have to remember to study <clears throat> the word of God for ourselves so that we are not steered away. We're not led away. We're not going astray. We're not tossed here and there because there, there's a lot of misappropriated, miscommunicated, a word that's going forth over the pulpit. And unfortunately, lots of people are just taking it for face value and before, well, not face value because it has no value if it's not coming from the word of God. But people are just believing what's coming to them and they think because the person has a title that it must be God. And let me tell you that that is not so. And so that brings me to yet another scandal about a man of God. A few weeks ago, it was Creflo Dollar who gave his testimony or who confessed that he had been teaching wrong about tithing. And so I commended him because I believe that it took humility for him to get up in front of the world to confess that he had, you know, kind of just missed some things in the word. I'll say that he just kind of missed some things, kind of overlooked 
what the word was saying in addition to what the word says about tithing. So now that's died down, so to speak. So now here we come to Bishop Whitehead, a bishop out of New York who was, he and his wife were robbed uh, during his live stream service a few weeks ago. And he and his wife were robbed of $400,000 worth of jewelry. And I just read uh, also that it could be up to a million dollars. So now I'm thinking, okay, the first thing in my mind is, is it wrong to have jewelry? No. Can we do anything in over excessiveness? Yes. As a man and a woman of God, we have to be very, very careful. We have to be very careful of how we present ourselves, of how we look, of, of the things that we say. And because we don't want to give anybody a false impression of what serving Christ looks like. Now, for him to have $400,000, he and his wife, worth of jewelry, and you have members who struggle to get to church, they ride the bus, perhaps. They have to catch a ride, perhaps. They walk to church, perhaps. They don't have gas money to get to church, perhaps. Those are things that you have to take into consideration before you come before God's people with $400,000 worth of jewelry. And I also heard that through um, a video that he was wearing a Gucci suit that was probably worth more than the building itself. Now I've seen a picture of the building. I don't know if it's true, if that's the actual building, but if it is, if that is the building where he holds his service, but you have, you have to go in, in, in Google search it and look for it. The building does not match $400,000 worth of jewelry and it doesn't match a Gucci suit and it doesn't match his I think he drives a Rolls Royce to me my opinion is something about that is out of line it's out of whack it it needs to be critiqued and adjusted because if you have $400,000 worth of jewelry why are you in a storefront church that looks like something that you would find in a in an old rundown country town? It to me that does not it doesn't make sense. It, it I can't put a word on it, but I can't describe it also, but it just doesn't sound right to me. And $400,000 worth of jewelry almost to a million dollars and a Rolls Royce and a Gucci suit, these kinds of things you have to be careful with if 
you are a man or a woman of God that is serving God's people. Now, unless the members also had on tens of thousands of dollars of jewelry and had on Gucci and Fendi and driving up in Bentleys and Rolls Royces and Mercedes. Okay, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe his church is everybody is 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 wealthy and, and well off and doesn't have to work. But somehow I think that that's not true. So we have to, those of us who want to follow leadership, we want to follow leadership. We have to begin to open up our eyes to these things that are before us that we are afraid to question because we don't want to be an outcast. We don't want to be shunned. We don't want to be the one in church where everybody else is over here in a corner having a good old conversation while you're being ignored because you asked a question or because you <clears throat> something came to your knowledge that you just wanted, you just wanted an answer. It didn't mean that you were trying to shut the church down. It didn't mean that, you know, you were trying to form a, a picket line and have people sign a petition. But as a follower of Christ, first of all, if you have questions in your mind, you should be able to go to your leadership and ask, Hey, you know, what does this mean? Go in love go in the right spirit, don't go in anger, don't go in pride, don't go puffed up, and you receive your answer. And then you take that answer to God and say, God, this is the answer that I got. <clears throat> what do you say? And then you make your you make the best decision based off of what you gave God that was given to you. And I said that to say this. Anytime you are at a church and I have been there and have lived it and you have leadership that's living high on the hog, as my grandmother would say, living in two story houses and driving Mercedes and, you know, a Lexus car and the children have to have Louis Vuitton and the children are honored on their birthdays and the children's names are on the, ca the church calendar. You know, all these things, but you have members who ride the bus to church. You have members who are barely making it single mothers who don't have that dad's help to help them. And the kids, you know, wear the same shoes, you know, year after year, perhaps, or you can, God gives us discernment and you ought to be able to through discernment to look at a family and tell when they are struggling. But yet you have these pastors or these leaders who come into the church and they preach and they beat you over the head about you're not given to the pastor. You're not given to his wife and you have to, you're charged to give everybody a hundred dollars. You're charged to give, to come stand in this line and give to the pastor and give to the pastor and give to his wife. And now I got to give to their children and you know, all it is, but you're living off of the people's backs, but yet the people are constantly beat up because they're not giving enough. You're not giving enough. You're not giving enough. You know, all the pastor wanted is so-and-so and so. And then I've seen people who have given their last to give to a leader who's already living good. But then again, 
It's something wrong when you have people who come to church who barely made it there, who barely make minimum wage. But it's about keeping the pastor looking fly and looking clean and all of this and all of that. And then you don't forget, you got to make sure his wife looks like this. You got to make sure his children look like this. I just don't believe, I do not believe that that is the order of God. And you keep telling people, the more you give to the leadership, then eventually you'll be able to drive this. And then eventually you'll be able to live here. And that day never happens. And then when it happens, six months later or a year later, your car is repossessed. Your home is in foreclosure because you were fed this, this out of balance, ungodly lie that if you give your pastor everything that you have, then you'll live like him. First of all, who says that the golden ticket, who says that the prize is living in a gated community or driving a foreign car? We've missed seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek all of his righteousness and seek everything that's about God and living in his kingdom. And then perhaps if God says so, all these other things will be added. And when it says things, we automatically think a car, a house. Yes, God wants us to live nice. Yes, he wants us to drive a car that can get us to point A to point B, take us out of town if we need to go. But I just don't believe that Jesus hung, bled, and died on the cross so that we could drive luxury cars or live in gated communities and all these things. We are people, not me. People in leadership are making it sound like material wealth is what Jesus died for. And I just don't believe that. Yes, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, yes, the wealth of the wicked, it is laid up for the righteous. But that still doesn't mean that you have to preach people up underneath the seats, up underneath the pews, if they don't give you their last. Because the word says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So why would you have to turn around and say, if you don't give the pastor half of your paycheck, then you're never going to see the blessings of God. So some of this stuff, some of this stuff is overdone. And some of the, the things that people that they teach, they're making living for Christ. They're making it more. They're making it hard. They're making it difficult. They're taking it to the extreme. Preach the word of God. Just preach the word. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't preach it for selfish gain. Don't preach it because don't preach it because you want you want to wear a $800 suit, but you want to wear it off of the backs of the people who are already struggling. I have an issue with that. I have a real issue with that. If I want a certain pair of shoes, I buy them for myself. If I want a bracelet, I buy it for myself. I have people who support me as a minister, I even have someone who really looks at me as their leader, but I am humble enough to say, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. I serve God. And as I follow Christ, you follow Christ. If I'm not following Christ, don't you follow me? 
but I don't expect any people that support me. I do not make them feel like, well, if you say you support me, if you say my podcast blessed you, or if you say what I put on Facebook blessed you, then, you know, I believe that, you know, God will want you to sow an offering to me. The devil is a liar. So we just need to calm down, take the stress off of our shoulders where it concerns money and finances in the church because the church has turned into a business and the word of God in his spirit is slowly creeping out of the church It's slowly creeping out of the church. So I will say to you again, if it doesn't feel right, you pray about it. And if you have that question, you go ask that question. Because if you have leaders who are living way better than the members, but you constantly beat them over the head about giving money, about tithing, about offering, something about that is not right. And if you are a giver, you have a right to ask in love, ask in order, go in the right spirit and ask. What are we, what are we doing? Are we doing anything to help anybody? Are we doing anything, you know, to help someone who's struggling? And if that, if you get a shady answer or if you get a a halfway answer or you feel like you're being put on the back burner or brushed to the side, you really need to pray and ask God if that's where he wants you to be, because he doesn't want us sowing seed into unfertile ground. Yes, the upkeep of the church is important, but what is also important as well is if we are helping those who are in need. I don't understand why we can't see that. What is wrong with the churches of today helping those who are in need? We're not even now we're not even talking about how good the pastor is living. Now we're talking about helping other people, but we have to. Keep on. We got to keep on giving. We got to keep on giving. We got to keep on giving. Got to keep on giving. Yes, we're keeping on giving. Yeah, we see we come here every Sunday. We see the lights are still on. We see that there's no no notice to evict sign. Drive out of church and see a notice to evict sign. We see that. But what are we really what what are we really, really honestly, what are we doing as the body of Christ to help those in need? And it shouldn't be a secret. The whole church, the whole church, it has to be a team effort. And we need to be able to sit back and say, you know what? Thank the Lord that he allowed us to be able to help that single parent, to be able to help that family where the dad lost his job. We were able to buy them what they needed for school. We were able to provide Christmas for them because I don't know anybody in my immediate circle that's not eating, that doesn't have proper clothing. I don't know anybody. So that tells me that we got to go out and we got to pray and ask God to show us those people that we meet in the grocery store, in Walmart, at the gas station that may need help. Yes, it's good to come to church every Sunday. Yes, that's good. But what is the church really doing to put to put more than a dent 
in somebody's life to help them, to really help them, to make them feel like, hey, the church cares about me. Somebody reached out to me and asked me, do you need help? That's what people want to say, that the church reached out to me. I didn't have to go and ask. The church noticed that I was in need and they came to me. That is what needs to be someone's testimony. So I hope that I have said something that has made you think. I hope that it's made you rethink just looking around your church and seeing is, is my church really helping anybody? You know, I don't ever hear us talking about who can we help? You know, does anybody have a, do you know anybody that has a need? I just, I feel like that's important. I, I, you know, we can pack a church out, but if we're not showing the love of God through giving, then what is the sense of meeting every Sunday? What is, we have to make sure that God is getting the glory in our giving. We have to make, we have to make sure of that. And we have to make sure that we know the word of God for ourselves so that we are not bamboozled. So pass this podcast, which is a little lengthy today, pass it to somebody that you know that just needs to be reminded to read their word to make sure that their church is a church of really, really helping people that reach out, that ask. I believe that every now and then you need to hear your leaders ask, hey, does anybody need help? Does anybody know of a parent that's struggling? Does anybody know of a widow that's in need? Does anybody know of a, of an elderly person that needs assistance, pay, assistance paying their electric bill during the summer, during the winter? I believe we need to hear our leaders ask those questions. And I don't believe that God would be, I don't believe that God would be upset if the leaders will begin to ask those questions and all the time not wait for somebody to come to the church and ask for help. That's my heart. And I say that in all humility. And I say that with everything that's in me, I believe the church needs to do better. But in the meantime, when God leads me to, I'm going to help someone. I'm going to support someone. I'm going to ask, what do you need? What can I do to help? And if God tells me, uh-uh, don't do that, then I don't do it. But I don't ever want to be that person that is not sensitive to the needs of the people that God allows to come into my circle or cross my path. So you all be blessed. Know that I love you. It's an honor to pray for you and to pour into you what God has poured into me. Be mindful of the word. Be mindful of the circle of, of um, believers that you are around every Sunday or every Wednesday or whatever your day is um, to fellowship together. And just make sure that God is getting the glory out of helping other people. Because I believe that that is what we are here for, is to build people up and not just take from them, but to build them up, especially those who are in need. Surrender your life to Christ. If you've backslidden, 
Come on back over. God is waiting for you. He can help you get things back in order and get them back in line. And this is all good news. Better, greater. It is sooner, not later. Enjoy this day. Enjoy the love and the peace of God and know that he is with us every moment, every second. And he is working things out behind closed doors. He's ironing things out. He's making it possible for those of us who are ready to retire. He's making it possible. I say it by faith. I even would say I prophesy it. He is making it possible. He's making the pathway clear. He's straightening things up. He's making that, 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 that wide, broad place. He's bringing it in closer. He's making it narrow because he's taking out all of the unnecessary stuff that's in our way. He's making it possible so that we can spend more time with our families. He's making it possible where we don't have to work as hard. We don't have to, we don't have to go to a eight to five or a nine to five because for some of us, our prayer, our petition to God is so great where elevation and finances is concerned that we can't do it off of the money we make working an eight to five. So God has to raise us up financially because he knows there are some of us that have a heart that when God raises us up financially, we're going to bless other people. We're going to make things happen for other people. But and he knows that we can't do it off of the money we make now. So, again, this is good news. You all be blessed again. Pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. And until next time, I love you. Goodbye.